Hello and welcome to the Fresh Minds podcast with me, Anna Veal, where I talk to ordinary people doing extraordinary things to make their lives magnificent. In this season, I bring you 10 very special guests, each of whom carry messages that will change your perspective on life. You'll hear how the little things make the biggest impacts, how routine and consistency trump the boom-bust cycle, how adversity makes us stronger, and that beer isn't the devil, and much, much more. Thanks for spending some time with me today to listen to these ordinary people leading extraordinary lives. I hope you enjoy their conversations as much as I did. Chris, it's absolutely brilliant to have you here. You are um, one of my awesome dads that uh, has been on the soccer field forever and a day. And it's always great to chat to you over those winter months. We have some good, deep and meaningfuls. Hence why I've asked you on the show today. So thank you for giving up your time to come and have a chat with me and my listeners. Uh, thanks, Anna. Um, no, it's a real privilege um, to probably share, um, but also sort of these conversations we've had um, are just really enriching from my perspective too. So yeah, it's a real pleasure to be to be on the podcast. Amazing. It's so good um, that children can unite parents as well. That's what I love about sport. <laughs> um, hey, you're a proud dad of two. Um, I've got the privilege of knowing Callum very well, and you've got a successful track record playing and coaching hockey. Um, you've got a very responsible job and a, a wonderful partner, Tracy. Please tell me how you juggle all of these balls. Um, that's a pretty tough question because um, I think the, the reality, Anna, is that um, it, it, it's tough. It, it's hard to get a balance. And um, you know, Trace and I work quite closely together. Um, we, we both work quite hard too. Um, we have different professions. So it, it's a real, real juggling act for us both to, to try and coordinate that. And, and I think too, with both the boys having aspirations to, 
to try as many things as they can, you want to provide those opportunities. Um, I think um, what what probably um, uh, the, the aspect of um, making this juggle probably from me personally is making all that work. I probably forego um, some aspects of, of, of my health or well-being um, because it's important to do a good job at work. Um, it's also important to from a personally from a coaching perspective to, to help um, the players that you're in charge of, uh, you get the environment right, then they can fire too, uh, but also to, to help the, the academics and the, the sports and the, the wishes of my boys. So, um, yeah, um, it, it's, I think it's actually quite tough. It's a full-time job. Um, yeah. And anyone that says it's a walk in the park, I, I'm quite envious of them. Um, so, yeah, time, time plays a, you know, time management's quite critical. Um, around some of that and I think yeah sometimes you just have to prioritize some some things and that, that can be difficult too yeah absolutely I think um my mantra this year is be be where your feet are at and yep. um I'm one for taking on lots and lots of things and then all of a sudden I'm thinking how am I going to fit all of this in plus be a parent plus be a wife and all of those sorts of things and that be where your feet are at has just been really good for making me ground myself and actually do the one thing that I'm in front of and then mm. move on to the next thing the one thing that it, that's in front of me then and then move on to the next and it just helps with the overwhelm and it helps when you're looking at the diary and thinking oh my goodness what am I going to do how am I going to fit this in um, and I think yeah for me meditation has been a big big key player in that one from yeah. just sort of from an overwhelmed perspective I think in terms of it's probably easier to have the conversation at work um, and with other commitments outside of family to, to talk about the expectations too of what Absolutely. can be achieved. So um, on some of the bigger projects that I'm involved in, I, I try to make quite clear to my uh, the organisation I work for and, and clients around some of those expectations, especially if I know that there are some things um, that are happening. Um, that, that do need my commitment and priority too, so. Yeah, so you've talked about time management, setting expectations um, from other people, but also maybe sort of setting some boundaries for yourself as well in order to achieve some sort of balance. And the health and wellness industry talk about it as if it's a, an easy thing to do, but quite clearly when you've got um, an array of tasks that are being thrown mm. at you and being able to be flexible um, and have the resilience to be able to change things at the last minute can be quite important as well. What sort of other strategies do you have so that you personally don't burn out? Um, I've learned probably more recently in the last two to three years that it's okay to say no. Um, I think traditionally in my personality would be um, and you've probably seen this with Callum a little, that um, it's about keeping everyone happy. But the reality yes. is, is that um, I think if, you, if, if you're if you listening to your body properly um, and to your family, then um, then you put that first, then the, the ability to say no to other things it can be, it, it, it's all balanced and it makes sense. So um, I've recently made... Uh, that decision on a couple of things in the sporting environment and I actually feel quite comfortable with the decision whereas probably three years ago I would have wrestled with that and tried to take it on so 
um, that's something that uh, I've found has been quite useful. It's a small word, yeah. but it's quite an effective one. It's so powerful, isn't it? And it's something that we're not really very comfortable comfortable doing. And that can lead to overcommitment. And then some, in some cases, letting people down at the last minute mm. because you know that you can't achieve it. Or adding stress because you know that you've, you know, you're foregoing other things that are more important just to honour that commitment. So I love that. So it hasn't been on the podcast yet so far. So thank you for that. I'm going to add that to my little toolbox. Yeah. I, I think the um, other thing, sorry, the other thing too, um, Anna, is... I think COVID's given us or a number of people the opportunity at times just to just to weigh up a few things. Um, and so whilst it has um, quite some quite big impacts to to some organizations and families, probably at an individual level, it's probably given some folk the opportunity to to take a breath and take a pause, force the pause. So yeah absolutely and being able to have that sort of line in the sand it does give people the opportunity to reassess and, and work out what their priorities are and what they what they've been missing but also what they haven't missed and mm -hmm. whether or not that they can that can integrate that back into the busy life that we all seem to lead as and when lockdown kind of uh, doors open and we're, we're able yes. to get back to real life I mean, stress over the last couple of years is inevitably um, evident in all around the globe and it's on the rise. We're seeing more stress-related disease emerging in New Zealand. Um, how do you personally keep yourself mentally fit? Right. Um, well, I try to have a clear mind and clarity. Um, and I find that um, I, I, there's a couple of, couple of things I, I do have put in place and one is I give myself the permission to stop um, I find nature's quite good so um, yes. Saturday and Sunday morning I'm in a, I work in an office and I wear office shoes so it's absolute bliss to hit the sand um, and do 8k's walking in the sand and the water uh, on a Saturday or Sunday morning and that just I feel that just connects me uh, as well um, and that just that physical um, element just helps clear my mind too. Um, breathing, um, just some nice breathing uh, helps clear yeah. my mind. Um, from a mental well-being perspective, um, I've found reflections quite important um, because yeah. if there's aspects there that have that I've had some difficulty with or I've had some improvement um, or it's been positive, then reflecting on that. And looking at how I might plan, especially in the work environment, um, is hugely um, positive. Um, and I think uh, a little bit around, um, or definitely around sleep and keeping hydrated. If I've had water and um, sleeping well, then I find that I've got a clear, clear mind. Um, and my subconscious work kicks into gear really well. So, um, with quite complex um, or challenging problems on the work front, um, I find that if I've if all of those are in play, then my thinking laterally it just it it really starts to work and um, and I guess you know that's what excites me and that's why I go to work and I find if I have a shortening or or the thinking's too vertical rather than lateral, I've actually got to reset myself. 
Uh, those are wonderful responses and you know scientifically being out in nature connecting um connecting to the earth is absolutely essential for our well-being and i love uh, the, the fact that you're into sort of just connecting in with yourself by using the breath it's such a powerful tool and it's something that we don't need to look externally for we can always come to it um so you've mentioned um quite a few top tips already and we've only been 10 minutes into this podcast you play hockey and you're very fit you've got two fit sons what do you do to keep yourself physically fit beyond the 8k walks on along the beach i'd i'd like to think that i was fitter um (laughs) members of my family encouraged me to be a bit more fitter um it, it's mainly it's, spending, it's it's mainly spending time with the boys and exercising so i think um yeah it, it's it's just getting out with them um and running yeah. and running around and and i don't have a, a a particularly strong regime um it's just where with you know if, if the moment allows go and hit the ball down at the cricket so I think I bowled about 30 overs to Callum um the other Saturday afternoon um so the shoulder got to work out but <laughs> absolutely um I think it's funny as well isn't it we don't often we think that there has to be some sort of structured regime but actually having that functional fitness it sets us up for life and and being able to run around with your kids bowl 30 overs to your son be have the energy to do a full day and still be mentally and, and physically ready to to take on um a, you know kicking a football around in the park that's what it's all about yeah and i, and I think too um when i was a young fella we were always encouraged to play a lot a lot of different sports and there was I know this is probably a topic we'll talk about a bit later, um, but certainly being exposed to a range of sports and being encouraged to play them up to a certain level, you, you, your body, um, I think, becomes a little bit more um, flexible and it, the, all the muscles are growing through those different sports, whereas looking at just one sport at an early age probably could restrict you. So I think just trying lots of different things and continuing to try lots of different things just keeps the body, um, yeah, it keeps the body um, on on tick or on mark. <laughs> just be <laughs> ready, body, you. just be ready, yeah. Well, you know, hockey is such a fast-paced sport, so you must be doing something right in order to be able to keep up with that, that type of um, speed and agility. Well, Have yeah. you had many injuries in the past? Um, I've been very fortunate. Anna, I've only had a fractured wrist and a, oh. um, a through a game of hockey and um, I guess uh, some issues with a hamstring, um, but that's been more in my later years. So, yeah, I've been quite fortunate. <laughs> Amazing. But I think there's a little bit to do with that in, in terms of the sport. Um, so we, we, we tend to have rolling subs, for example, Got you. Uh, yeah. in the game. So... Um, and I think another element too is that I've had I've been fortunate to play a number of different roles in in the game. So that's using you know doing a lot of sprinting up front as a as a striker and midfielder. It's probably a little less um, uh, you know you're there for the longer duration of the game as a as a fullback, and then you're using quite different um, uh, speed and agility certainly in the goal sitting as a goalkeeper. Yeah, you need uh, strength and fortitude to be in goal. With hockey. A little bit of crazy helps. Yeah, 
a little bit of crazy for sure. My goodness, I wouldn't want to be in that uh, position if you paid me. Um, you, you've had brilliant season coaching the women's Prems team. Um, how would you find coaching's different to playing? And how did you find that transition into coaching from having such a strong playing role? Yeah, yeah, good question. I think the... I think the role of coach is one about setting an environment for your players and you've got to be invested in your in, in each individual of your each individual of your team um, yeah. and it's understanding what the strengths and weaknesses are of the player and that's not a bad thing that's about how you progress them forward um, yeah I think from a coaching perspective you you've got to be comfortable about how best to motivate your players uh, you've yeah. got to have a technical component and and you to have to be comfortable about management outside of the, the game with the team and, you know, being comfortable to have conversations with clubs and associations, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and got to be prepared to have a bit of a fight, I think, and to defend your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, um, yeah. Whereas the player, I think, um, you know, as, as a player, you're focused in on possibly the moment and I think the very good players understand that they've got teammates and mates around them and and the good team players look after their mates and yeah. and so we've I think seen that haven't we on the football pitch yeah, uh, totally. with our team you know yeah. they, they look after each other and it's about the game rather than the individual and, that, and that's pretty special to see in a team so young I think Sorry, broken up there. Yeah, <laughs> that's all good. Um, so with regard to your coaching then, from, from what you're saying, actually quite a lot of those skills are transferable into the workplace, aren't they? What sort of similarities do you see from your hockey coaching or playing days that you see with your work colleagues and, and some of the team that you work with in your project management? Yeah, so I think from... I think the, the beauty about sport is in a season you can treat it as a campaign and it's yeah. about building up slowly and it's looking for that those incremental improvements and it doesn't matter if it's a it's a social team or it's a it's a competitive team you're, you're looking for how best can can the players work together and have they got a couple of defined goals and and I think that's quite clearly something you can take through into into business should and should be in business um I think too, we probably lose sight of having fun and 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 yeah. and, and being uh, enjoying yourself in the work environment. Um, yes. You certainly find that in sport and and the teams that I've been involved in. Certainly this season, um, we just had three three main goals, and it was to have fun and enjoyment. Uh, the second was around grit, and the third was looking after each other. And we could get that built build a level of trust up and then we could pretty much take on whatever we want, whatever we wanted to take on for the for the season um yeah i think i think those those would be key through to business um from a from a from a from a coaching perspective i think too it's also about you don't have to have all the answers yeah as a and coach. being free to be able to share that 
um, and being open enough and having that trust with the rest of your team to be able to verbalize that. I think, yeah. I mean, that's, you, you see often that not happening in business and that can be where relationships fray and uh, performance goes down. So, yeah. And I, and I think too, and, and yeah, th- this season was interesting from a coaching perspective. Um, there, there were, we bought 10, 10 new players came to the club and they all came and were selected for the team that I coach. So having 10 new players and five, um, from the season, from the team last year and, and three that had come across up from reserve grade. We had a lot of culture to build, but there were some challenges in that. And and for some, there were some personal matters. Um, but I found that, that for, it, for, for those instances where you could pick up quite quickly if there was a, a, ch- a challenge, um, it was to sit down and work it through with that individual player and understand mm-hmm. whether it was a... A, a sporting issue or something a little deeper mm. and in some instances if it was a little deeper um, to have the player the performance was the last thing on my mind it was more about getting the player comfortable um, with themselves first and build the confidence back up yeah deal with the deal with the issue and to get to that um, I found if I shared, it's about being a little bit vulnerable and, and as a coach, yeah. you need to take that lead sometimes. And I think yeah. in business, we we lose sight of that or it's vulnerability is actually seen as a weakness. And and I think that's one, one aspect that businesses can take or be, just be a bit more aware around. If, it's, um, if there are people who are willing to be vulnerable in a work environment then they're actually looking for either help or they're looking they're just making you aware and and wanting to to get some improvement around that yeah and I think although um some businesses don't like to touch on it it's a really important aspect of building trust and if if we can learn to share not overshare, but share some things. It creates that community. It creates that respect for each other. Mm. But also it really helps um, the rest of the team understand what the other person's going through so that perhaps their behaviour is more justifiable. And certainly that's what I work with with my my one-on-one clients is that it's not weakness to show vulnerability. It's not weak to say that uh, you're having a tough time because X, Y, Z is happening at home. You don't even have to share the information necessarily, but just to be um, brave enough and have the courage to step into that space actually unifies people. It actually brings people together. Like I say, keep saying it, it develops that trust. Mm. Um, and then you can be more productive because when we're in the stress state and when our, we're in that kind of fight, flight, freeze, flop phase, we can't be creative. We're, we can't um, be productive. We, we're, we're literally thinking about when the bear's going to eat us or attack us. So it, it really reduces the, um, the um, production within a workforce or within um, a sporting arena. So having somebody that you can be more open with and have that open relationship where what you say is taken seriously and you're you're taken as a person rather than a number mm. is so important and I, and I really think if, if businesses took that on board and actually had the time to take that on board we would see a, a huge Im, um, improvement not only in our cultural um you know overall well-being of our employees we would also see a massive increase in productivity as well oh yeah yeah definitely definitely agree 
agree with that. And how do you um, see yourself kind of moving forward in the space of, of hockey and coaching? Are you are you in it for the long run or can we bring you over to the dark side and, and get you on with the proper football? Well, <laughs> um, look, I think the the best way to, to, to answer that question, Anna, is that it's an 11-player sport and there's so many similarities. <laughs> Um, however, the I think the the way that I've been introduced into sport, and I and I hope I hope this is um, something that others or your listeners are are, are probably tuned into as well, is that um, I mean, sport gives us so much um, gives us so much joy. Um, and it, it, and you yeah. really see the you know individuals' passion for for sport, but that comes through I think through from a couple of things. One is it, it's about exposing kids, especially to to a whole range of things, and and giving them that opportunity. And probably once they're a bit later on in life, um, you know, in their their teens, that they really find something they're good at and they believe in they're good at and they're passionate around. Yeah. Um, and it's about for, for me personally, it's about learning it, enjoying it, and growing to growing to love it. Um, and so, my transition, I think, from a player through to a coach is is just an extension of that. Um, yeah. I find that while I love playing the game, um, that I've actually had almost um, an opportunity to be to 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 fall in love with the game again, but through a different medium, through coaching. Um, and I think I've been fortunate to be a part of a part of a team that the, the team are all very coachable players. And so we have quite a strong environment, um, healthy environment. And so uh, they've already asked me to coach next year and that's something I'm really looking forward to. So um, I've had to already explain to the boys that um, it's it's a it's a no. So um, uh, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But but I think in terms of you know what 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 um, you know from a technical perspective or from a motivation or even the environment perspective, um, it's so transferable into into the game of football. Absolutely, beautiful lovely. game. It's the beautiful game indeed. Hey, listen, Chris, I know your time is very valuable and I could talk to you for hours. Um, I'd love to get you back on again because you've shared some real wisdom um, in today's uh, podcast. Um, I just want to finish off with a bit of a quick fire round and it doesn't take much brain power. Just the first thing that comes to mind when I say either or and you've just got to fire them back at me and then we'll, um, we'll say our goodbyes. Wonderful. Are you ready? Shoot. All right. Hockey or football? Okay. Winter or summer? Summer. Sauna or ice bath? Ice bath. Massage or run it out? Ooh, um, massage. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, reading or podcasts? Oh, that's, yeah, probably reading. Gotcha. Coaching or playing? Coaching. Ambition or comfort? Ambition. Uh, talent or hard work? Hard work. Email or phone call? Phone call. All blacks or black sticks? Black sticks. 
Good answers. Absolutely wonderful. Hey, listen, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners um, before we depart? You've, you've got such a steadfast um, and a, a wealth of knowledge that if there's anything else that you want to pass on, I would love, love to get your golden nuggets. Probably only one thing, um, Anna, and it's around boys and men and the, I guess, the environment or maybe the institute and how we institutionalized a little bit. So I think naturally we, we're, where there's a, a degree of competition, there's also an element of um, comparing ourselves. And the challenge, I think, for, for, for boys or men or, or even parents or fathers of, of boys is, is that we should be asking ourselves about improvement from the last performance to the next performance rather than comparing ourselves to the others in the team or in the circuit if it's an individual sport because the, the ability for comparison is healthy to a certain point but it can actually be very detrimental and when we talk about mental or, or health or, or well-being it's about trying to centre back onto yourself and what does that improvement, even if it's incremental, and that's what it needs to be. So that's um, oh, the last one for me. Thank you so much. And that is such an important point to finish on. I really um, do respect that, especially with the social media age. It's very easy to compare yourself to what seems like a, a very real world, but sadly it's, um, it's, it, it's, it's not reality but our little kids don't see that so thank you so so much um like i said i would love to get you back on again for a longer chat um but i'll leave you to get home to your two boys and tracy and um i will look forward to seeing you on the sidelines again very soon cheers Chris. thanks anna see ya cheers bye bye this podcast is sponsored by the spartan habit changer series an online programme exclusively for busy men who need to be reminded to dial down and look after their mental and physical well-being in order to perform at their best. For more information on this programme and how I can help you more, visit www.freshcoaching.me. Well, I really enjoyed my time with Krish. Just those little golden nuggets that we all know when we read about and we hear on podcasts, but it does come back to the simple things, the connection with nature, connecting into our breath, taking time to say no, and just doing the things that we love and making time for that so that we can lead a really rich and full life. And also just knowing that we're doing that and we're also being role models and to our children and the next generation coming through, you know, doing the things and making time for the things that we enjoy so that we show that it doesn't have to stop when we grow up. And I think that's a really important lesson that we can all take from this conversation. As ever, I really do appreciate you listening and I'll look forward to um, speaking more to Krish in the coming months. Um, and um, in the meantime, just look after yourselves and have a very Merry Christmas.